Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today on Franchise Euphoria, I'm thrilled to welcome Rebecca Amos and Jeff King, both of the Muse Global LLC franchise. Rebecca is the Chief Innovation Officer and co-founded Muse School in 2006 and has served as President and Advisory Board Chair for more than a decade. And Jeff is the CEO of Muse and serves as head of Muse School and led the school to being named one of the top 100 most progressive schools in the country. And so what I think you'll find is that between the two of them, they're really serving as great change agents for this new way of learning and new way that education is being provided to our youth uh, throughout the country. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview with Rebecca and Jeff. Hello, Rebecca and Jeff. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you guys doing? Hey there. We're doing great. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to have you on to talk about Muse School which it was funny when I was watching videos on it, I kept thinking that it was called musical school because it's saying Muse school together. just sounds like musical school, but it's actually M-U-S-E and then school, correct? That's correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, this franchise, this concept is near and dear to me because I've got three daughters, a 10-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And obviously they're right within the early childhood and early years of their education. And so I, I always love learning about new and unique concepts. But before we dive into that, take a couple minutes, if you would, and just tell me a little bit about your guys' background. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start and then Jeff can, yeah, can sure. start. I actually, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and I wanted to get out of there. And I left when I was 18 and went to school in New York and had great dreams of being a writer and ended up kind of segueing into child development, psychology, education, and started developing a passion for just how kids develop and kids, like what makes them tick and what makes them develop into these great little beings. And so I went on to, I took a couple years off and I actually worked for a woman down in South Carolina. She was doing research on kids who were affected by Hurricane Hugo. So that kind of ages me and kind of gives you my age there. But anyway, and just kind of looking at post-traumatic stress disorder in children who were um, impacted by the hurricane. Anyway, and I went into graduate school and um, again, just kind of delved into child studies and started really becoming interested in children's education and what makes for an optimal early childhood education and what makes for a confident child who goes out into the world and, and makes great waves. So I did that. I worked for Head Start, worked for Early Head Start, started my own school in Wichita, Kansas. And then my sister, Susie, asked me to start a school with her here in California. We started Muse School in 2006. So yeah, that's the rest is history, really. And if there's, if there's anything else about that you want me to elaborate on, just let me know. Well, and so Jeff, then when did you get involved in Muse? 
Um, I started here January 1st, 2013. Um, I spent most of my life, well, all of my life in Kansas up until January 1st, 2013. I was a psychotherapist for about a decade. And then I started a consulting company with a partner and did that for about five years. And, and that company's still running. And then I decided to move out here and take over the headship of the school. And I did that. And I'm doing that while we're also getting Muse Global off the ground, which we launched uh, July 1st. Well, it sounds like you guys obviously come from a background that works really, really well for this kind of a franchise. I'm curious, you know, what was it that sparked the idea to create a business model or a new business model based off of education? Because obviously, you know, there, there's there's a lot of franchise or a fair amount. I don't want to say a lot. I mean, there's a fair amount of, of school franchise concepts out there. I'm curious sort of what led to the idea and then how you thought about how you were going to differentiate yourself even before you launched the business. So I think one of the things about education is it is currently collapsing underneath us. We're, you know, we're teaching concepts and we're teaching processes that are completely outdated. And, and so the whole education landscape is, is just not able to keep up with what, is, what students actually will benefit from. And so I think that is something that um, Susie and Rebecca looked at. And the, yeah, the other thing is, you know, mo we don't refer to our school ourselves as progressive, but what we found doing some research is most schools will use this term progressive. However, when you open their doors and look at the what's going on within their classroom, they actually are just doing the same old traditional things. And so we wanted to create a space that, that we refer to as innovative, where we're actually doing things that are different and we're actually following the science and the research of not only how students learn best and how to individualize it, but also adding where it's going to go in the future to prepare these students for a world where they may never drive a car. The hotel that they check into may be completely automated where, you know, some of these things um, with AI and technology are, are, are moving so fast that we've got to prepare these kids for this world that they're going to live in, not the world that was 30 or 40 years ago. Or 100 years ago. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and the other thing is, you know, in, environmentalism is very, very important to us. I think um, Rebecca can speak to this. It was at, at the core of why Susie and Rebecca founded the school. And I think making sure that we are teaching our students about what is going on in their environment and what that environment's going to look like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, because they're the ones that are going to, while we, people our age, are going to argue and fight with one another, the students who are in fifth grade, kindergarten, ninth grade, those students, they're going to be out there making some dramatic changes for us because they're going to inherit an earth that's very different than what it looked like when uh, Rebecca and I grew up. Well, and they're really, I mean, there does seem to be a disconnect between the traditional way of learning and where we are now as a society in terms of not only with technology and innovation, but, you know, I mentioned my, my, my daughters, my girls, but, you know, my mom's been a kindergarten teacher for 45 years. And she's seen that change over time and had had to adapt and everything to that as well. And it's also interesting, even my 10-year-old daughter goes to an online public charter school, right? Which is really kind of interesting, you know, because it's sanctioned by the state and, and you take all the tests, but it's she's got an online classroom, an online teacher, and it's been wonderful. I mean, she's been doing it for a few years. So the idea is, is that the traditional way of doing things, whether school systems like it or not, is changing because the society is changing. And so, you know, 
that has to match up with what we're teaching young kids today. So I'm curious, Rebecca, beyond just technology, what are some of the ways that you think that the teachings in schools and the way that kids are learning and what they're learning has changed? The problem is that they, it hasn't changed. <laughs> and so I feel like that's where that's where we're running into a brick wall because kids are continually or they continuously get taught in the same way that people were taught 50, 60, 70 years ago. And that's not working. I think it's amazing that your nine year old daughter is taking classes online. I think that's brilliant. And so what I think is changing is that we are starting to realize that we have to customize education for students, that every student learns differently. Not every kid can memorize and take a test in a beautiful way. Some kids do that extraordinarily well. Some kids completely fail and go under the table and have anxiety and depression and stress because they can't do that. So I, what I want to change, what, what isn't changing as fast as I'd like it to change is, is the way that we are teaching students. So Jeff learns differently than I learn. I learn differently than you learn. And really being able to capture that and then implement it in the classroom. When we started Muse, the idea was that we see each child for who they are and what they bring to the table. And then we really capture that and and grow on that. And and that's that's what I want to see change. And that and so that not all kids are put into one bucket and taught the exact same way. Well, and so how do you go from or how what was your process in going from this idea? And this notion that things haven't changed and they need to change, so we're going to be uh, the change drivers here. To then the modeling of it, the business modeling of it, you know, because it's one thing to, you know, we, we we could talk for hours about education and all that, but you guys obviously went through and took action steps to then say, okay, we're going to turn this into a business concept, you know, as a way to help change. Tell me a little bit about that process and sort of how you piece that together for the franchise. Sure. So my first beginnings were when I started the school in Kansas and realized that there were not high quality early childhood programs at the time. So I knew just based on what I had seen in my own work and my own teaching and things like that, that it just didn't exist. So I wanted to start something that did not exist and realized within less than a year, less than six months that the program I started, which had a capacity for almost 100 kids, was full because families liked the approach to education, to that particular form of education that I was doing. And then when my sister saw it, she said, you know what, there's not anything like this in California. Let's do something like this in California at the elementary age. So the idea was that we were building something that did not exist, and we were building something that we knew science and research showed was really effective and that students were learning and that it was a very meaningful type of education. So we we went out on a limb. We actually decided that we wanted to do something different. We wanted to do something that really focused on the child. So when we opened Muse, we then started having a lot of recognition, both nationally and internationally. So my sister and I decided, you know what, it's time to really start thinking about taking this global. And when we started Muse School, we did not have systems in place that would lend itself, that, that would lend themselves to opening a global franchise. So when we started bringing on staff and administration, that was when we built our systems, that was when we built the model. And that was when Jeff actually came along and put together the business model of Muse Global. And we were able to put that into 
a box, so to speak. And now we're able to roll that out. That's kind of the way that we did it. Does does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, it's real common for entrepreneurs, and especially if you're doing something that hasn't been done before. You're going on this sort of voyage of a new concept in a new way. And so there is no roadmap. So you're creating that roadmap. I'm curious, Jeff, and what was that like for you? You know, obviously coming in, it sounds like you know, you maybe have a little bit more of a traditional business background or at least a complementary business background. What's that like to help take this idea that has all these great components into it and then think about, okay, we have to plug that into a model that's not only going to work in one location, but if we want to franchise this thing, it's got to work in multiple locations. And so we have to really streamline it, simplify it. I mean, what was that whole process like? So we chose to start with early childhood. So domestically, we're only franchising the early childhood department. And we wanted to mirror that off of how Susie and Rebecca started the school. 13 years ago when they started, they started with just early childhood. So we wanted to mirror that and build out early childhood schools uh, domestically. And then hopefully in the coming years, we can build on to potentially elementary and middle schools. What's interesting about building the business model about it is when you're building it, it's actually not that difficult to look at how to make this system replicable because a lot of what we're doing is not only backed by research, but it's a lot of just common sense with kids. Now, the biggest problem is that our clientele, our parents are marketed to by the billion dollar industry of testing. And they are so anxious and they're so nervous. So the trick is, how do we communicate and market and say, we've got this product that is insanely beneficial and it's very different from what you experienced when you were growing up. And I like to refer to the term as institutional memory. So a lot of parents know that they hated school and they know that it didn't benefit them, but they want to do the exact same thing to their students because they don't know what else to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's exactly right. And so who thought of the idea of franchising? Was that you, Rebecca, or? Yeah, that was all Susie and Rebecca. I mean, the, the school's idea was Susie and Rebecca. The franchising idea was Susie and Rebecca. They basically, I mean, about three or four years ago, they came to me and, and they're like, we want to do this. And so what I started to do was build a system here that we could replicate and build a system here that could be easily accessible to others and trainable. But Rebecca and Susie have always been the leaders in saying that we want to make this happen. It's interesting because a lot of times the, the story is that the creator decides on franchising because they have people who approach them. You know, if it's a restaurant, somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to open up one of these in Michigan or, you know, whatever the case may be. Did you have that happen to you, Rebecca, or you just were thinking about franchising? Yeah, that was that was what happened. And, you know, we opened our doors in 06 and it was by 07, 08. That was when we... I mean, we just started hearing from so many people all over the all over the country and then all over the world. We had the great opportunity and pleasure to do a lot of traveling outside of the country. And when we would tell people about our model, they would say, oh, my gosh, we want one here. We want one in Paris. We want one in Austria. We want one in China. We want one in, you know, and we wanted to do it, but we just didn't have the actual business model to make it happen yet. And I think that's all in good. I think that's all good. I think it happened for a reason because we were not yet finished building our intellectual property. So when that finally happened, it was like, all right, we are ready. Let's go. And so are you guys franchising across the United States, obviously outside the United States too, but are you franchising in, in, in every state throughout the U.S.? 
Yeah, we're getting close to to many states around the country. So yes, absolutely. Well, and who is who, who's the ideal type of franchisee that you're looking for for this system? So the niche that we're looking for is you know someone who wants to make money because this is a profitable venture and they want to make change not only in the educational space but in the environmental space and so we're, you know we're looking for that investor that entrepreneur that person that is looking beyond profits and looking at how they can really impact the environment and also make an impact in how these children who will go through a Muse Global School think, feel, and believe about the world around them. Well, so it's interesting. So when you're saying the environmental side, are you talking about truly environmental side or just the environment for the kids? Both. Not only the environment that they're going to grow up in in regards to technology and AI and being able to be versatile and flexible, but environmentalism is is a huge part of who we are here at Muse. And you, you know, we eat uh, only a plant-based diet at the school. We have things that we're teaching students about food, energy, and water. So we're teaching students how to live sustainable because they're going to have to. You know, if you take a, a kindergartner right now, when they graduate high school, their choices are going to be very limited to how they're going to have to interact with the world around them. Well, so in our last couple of minutes here, because it's always instructive to people listening, tell us a challenge that you guys have experienced through the franchise model. Because I know it hasn't been easy. (laughs) It never is. But, you know, I'd love to hear about a challenge that you've experienced. And then also, you know, to end the call on the positive note, something positive that's come out from the franchising experience thus far. I keep on using this word explode because ever since we decided to go global, ever since we decided to truly open this business and open the franchise model, the response has been huge. And so for me, I don't want to call it a challenge. I want to call it something that is an opportunity because there are so many people that are looking at us now, and there are so many people that are very excited about what we're doing. So what I want to be able to do is to respond and to be able to give those people the opportunity to open Muse schools. So I don't know if it's a challenge as much as it's an opportunity because there's so many people now that are saying, we want to start a Muse school. So for us, it's you know getting on the ground and making sure that we can respond to all of the requests that we're having. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. It's so funny you say that because I have a real good friend of mine who who always likes to say, yeah, there's no challenges. There's just opportunities for success. So it's all about the mindset, the framework, taking a challenge. But the idea is, you know, when you have a lot of interest, that's wonderful. But now you got to, the challenge is probably you got to make sure you've got the organizational structure and the team in place and the vetting process and the tools to meet those opportunities. Right. And one of the things that Susie and I always joke about, and I'll let Jeff share here in a second, is we have something called Muse magic. And we always felt like when we opened a door, we were always greeted with these amazing opportunities. So we've opened this door and I don't, I really believe that everything will fall into place the way it always has ever since 2005, when we started talking about new school, it's kind of like, you know, when you build it, they will come. I, you know, I, I, I truly believe in that and we've already seen that happen. So it's, it's exciting. I'll let Jeff share now too. Yeah, I believe I I agree with both of you on that. However, I will use the word challenge because although I started a business, I was new to franchising. So the most difficult thing is just learning the ins and outs and the minutiae and the guidelines of all this franchising. We surrounded ourselves with a great team and a team of people who know franchising. 
But for myself, I just, that's, that's been a learning curve and I'm still learning all the franchise ways. Well, you're smart. I mean, as I say, I mean, I'm, I'm a franchise lawyer and so I deal with this stuff all the time, but I'm amazed at the number of people who don't take the time to seek out a good team, yeah. you know, that can help them. And you just, you can't get into franchising and be successful if you don't have it. It just, it just won't work. Yeah. I commend you for that and commend you for, for what you're doing. It sounds like a really interesting and good concept. What's the best place for somebody or where's the best place for somebody to go if they'd like to learn more about the opportunity? Yeah. The best place is to visit our website at museglobal.org. Well, fantastic. Thank you guys for coming on and taking a few minutes. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And I look forward to hearing about all your successes in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.